Welcome to She Who Overcomes, the podcast where we help women become confident leaders. I'm Mandy B. Anderson. And I am Rachel Perman. We are your hosts, certified coaches, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Rayma Team, a life and leadership coaching company for women. We know that most women struggle with seeing themselves as leaders. Our mission is to help you activate your resilience, show up authentically, and say yes to leading yourself well so you can take care of everything else. What you've overcome makes you a leader, so it's time to own it. Let's dive in and talk about what it takes to step into the shoes of the wise, confident person you were placed on this earth to be. Hey, Overcomers. Today's episode is definitely going to ruffle some feathers. And we're going to dive right in. It's one of my favorite things to do, rock the boat. But Mandy, I want you to bring this in because you were recently at a Women's Health Expo where you taught our signature method of self-care and stress management called the art of the pause. Mm -hmm. And one of the attendees there asked a great question that we wanted to dive into for the podcast because I think it can help so many women. So what was her question? Okay, well... In the art of the pause, the letters of pause each stand for a process of this method. So the E of pause stands for embrace your worth. And the question that was asked is, why do so many women struggle with embracing their worth? And I, I have noticed that it's a really common thing. As a society, we constantly see these type of messages that speak to the fact that you are worth it or you matter. Mm -hmm. And while that's all true, as women, we have to get to a place where we no longer struggle with that. We just know that we have worth and we embrace what our worth is because it just is. Mm -hmm. Like we just have that. And so getting our mindset to the point where we can just accept that and walk in it and stand firm in it is what we got to do. So if we break it down, um, we came up with a couple of reasons why this is a struggle for many women. I think there's more reasons than the ones we're going to present to you. And I definitely think there's there's maybe one or two of these reasons are the reason why we gave the little uh, caveat in the beginning that it could ruffle some feathers because mm -hmm. I think we might say some things that maybe you're just not ready to hear yet. Um, however, Maybe I think they really <laughs> are the reason they why are. they're the part of the reasons why they women are. struggle with self-worth. Um, and let's talk about number one. So number one is she was brought up to think that her dreams weren't worth it if it didn't equal money. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. So um, one woman told me a story of how she dreamed of doing something really creative with her life. Um, and I think this is a typical thing, like whether it's being a singer or being an actress mm -hmm. or um, being a writer and having a, a best-selling book, right. like being an author, a known author. Like these are typical... Non-steady paycheck yeah, jobs. <laughs> these are typical creative type jobs and passions that women have 
And this particular woman said, you know, I have this creative passion, but my mom said I wouldn't be able to make money at that job. So instead, she settled for administrative work. And like the exact opposite. Oh, completely. Right. Like now I have been there. I, I basically did the same thing. Nobody really told me that my dream of being a singer wouldn't make me money. Um, but I think I thought that because I gave up on that dream mm-hmm. to go be a music secretary in a church because I was engaged. And honestly, not to throw my husband under the bus, but it's all coming back to me now, like a Celine Dion song. Um, Nate basically mentioned to me one day that if we were going to get married so young, I needed to have a job. Mm. And so I think like nowhere in there did he actually tell me that being a singer wouldn't pay me. But the reality of that point in life was being a singer wasn't paying me, nor was I even like actively trying to be one other than I recorded a CD. Mm -hmm. So I had no I had no side gig. I had no nothing other than like a retail job. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get a real job, quote, right? And <laughs> like administrative 40 hours work, a week, nine to five, yes, real job. And administrative work is often considered a real job in that mm-hmm. line of thinking. And so this is a really common thing. Like, why are you struggling with embracing your worth? Because what you love and what builds up your passion doesn't equate to a normal, real, quote, job. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think this conditioning feeds the lie that like my dreams aren't worth it unless I can be paid well. And I Mm -hmm. think any of you guys that are listening that are entrepreneurs probably have definitely struggled with that where, you know, and and oftentimes I think um, it is a society thing. If if what you are doing as a job, as a calling, as a whatever um, isn't equaling a lot of money. Or the flip side, what you want to do is going to cost too much time and money. So you don't do it. That was my experience Mm -hmm. Um, as far as like the creative side of me and what I wanted to do as a kid. Yes. That was my experience of it was going to take too much time. It was going to take too much money. So I never pursued it. Like I Mm -hmm. I just did it. And I think they're both sides of the same coin. Like either it's, you know, you need to have your job make you money and then you get worth or doing what it is that you want to do is going to take too much money or too much time. So you're not worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think both of those are struggles that um, women can have when it comes to embracing their worth. And I think the reason we even say it ruffles feathers is because we don't think about it. We don't talk about it. We don't really sit down as to be why we just think maybe I just don't take care. Like maybe I don't do enough self-care. That's not why. (laughs) No. And I, I mean, it might be like your actions might be also contributing to it. But a lot of time, the reason why we can't get over that hump Mm -hmm. is because there's a deep rooted belief Mm -hmm. that we haven't identified or dealt with. And the thing to know, like, I know that there are exceptions to this, but I would say that the majority of parents, like if that, if that conditioning and that belief came to you because of something a parent said or a loved one mm-hmm. said like i choose to see the best in people and i would i would venture to guess that most parents do not say that in a way to tear down the worth of their child mm-hmm. i think they don't realize the repercussions mm-hmm. 
and the consequences of saying those things without having a conversation and figuring out, okay, how can we make it happen and also make sure that you are financially stable? Right. Right. Because the the fear from a parent behind that statement of, you know, that's not going to make you money mm-hmm. is that you're going to be homeless on the street and hungry. <laughs> right. I'm right. Yes. I'm going through this right now with my oldest, who's soon graduating. We've got a couple of years left and she's got a very creative musical side of her. Um, very starving artist. Uh, we're also talking about the fact that she's learning a skill that will mm-hmm. pay her an income no matter where she is or what she is doing. So she can do both. Right. She can go after her dreams and also make sure she can feed herself and be independent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the balance is supposed to be. Yes. Absolutely. And not just like letting a dream die or right. letting these things that that um, make you feel worth mm-hmm. just be moved to the wayside because they don't bring and, in income or money or enough. And when you think about it, like we believe on this podcast that we are that every single human soul is created uniquely by a creator, mm-hmm. by our God. And he has put these different passions and talents and abilities inside of us that it is our job to un- unleash into the world. Right. Like a gift. Unwrap it's a gift. It and, yeah. Yes. And so when you have that belief, this idea of that won't make you money it's easy to see why it would strip away your worth. Mm-hmm. Because now this thing that you were given and that lights you up and that you want to share with the world is shrunk down mm-hmm. into something that's unattainable unless it looks this way. Yep. And so it's really easy to see how that happens, mm-hmm. especially if you have that belief. Right. And I would say even if you don't, like I would say most human beings even if they don't have the same faith as we do or any faith at all in in um, God or in another being that's that's somebody they pray to or anything like that, I would say there is still this intricate part of you that knows the things that you're passionate about are meant to be shared. Mm -hmm. And that is why women struggle with self-worth. Right. One of the reasons. One of the reasons. What is another reason? So another reason why a woman might struggle with self-worth and why women do in general is she was conditioned by society to believe that looking for a husband and getting married was the end-all be-all. Oh, gosh. Okay. So (laughs) for those of you listening that maybe did not grow up in a faith community, um, did not grow up in uh 90s early 2000s evangelical communities you might be like what what are they talking mm-hmm. about um for many many women our experience our experiences as young women as teenagers um and even in our early like gosh even before you were 20 uh the whole point was to find yourself a godly young man mm-hmm. get married um and that was how your worth was. I'm not sure mm-hmm. it was ever really said that way, but it was definitely implied. It was definitely, mm-hmm. um, there's like a running joke. If you attended a Bible college, you or were Christian there for college, a husband degree. Right. If like, if you got like, you better have graduated both with your actual degree and your husband degree. And if you got the husband, then you don't have to worry about actually finishing mm-hmm. the degree degree. Like but- that was a whole 
mindset. This is a historical thing, though, too, even outside of the faith community. Like just women in general have been positioned as a lower species Mm -hmm. in the human species. And we have been conditioned to believe that we need a husband. Well, and in some societies, honestly, that's the way the society Mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Um, Women couldn't do anything. They couldn't buy anything. They couldn't like sell anything. They couldn't really do things on their own. Um, without a husband, a son, something like that. And I think these old tapes are mm-hmm. still running. And for some they of are. us, they're not even that old. Um, because honestly, for both Mandy and I, like she said earlier, she got married at 20. I did too. Um, and all of our friends were getting a married lot of our about married that before age. 25. Yeah, like it was kind of odd mm-hmm. to not be married at least by 22. Like, you know, you were married. That mm-hmm. was kind of just what you did. Um, the focus really became on making sure someone chooses you before it's too late. Like, right. That was like the last thing that you wanted to do. But, you know, the question came down to what about your choices? Like, I remember my mom saying at one point, I can pay for a wedding or I can pay for your first year of college. And I still chose the wedding. Like, I was Mm -hmm. just like, once we get married, things are going to happen. Um, or maybe you wanted to get married. Um, maybe you didn't want to get married or be a mom. Then what? Like, then what happened? Like, mm-hmm. what if that was your choice? Um, and I think for many, many women, we mm-hmm. have felt this struggle of how do I, um, feel worthy when I'm single? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I can still see that internal struggle. Um, with women screaming that they are still worthy, even if they don't have a husband, mm-hmm. even if they don't have children, even if they don't have all the things like you don't have to have all the things to be worthy. But it seems like you're screaming into a void if you don't have them mm-hmm. to have people give you the same amount of worth as a woman who is married with children or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think this conditioning really feeds the lie of I'm not worth it without a man. <laughs> I mean, we do see it, this it is. Yeah. with clients who are in their 40s and not married yet mm-hmm. or in their 40s and married and divorced once or twice. Right. Like it, it's a thing yep. that women deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's why women struggle with their worth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm hoping um, we're all getting smarter every generation, raising our kids a little bit differently. Um, One of my daughters has told me that she's not getting married because she's got way too much to do. And (laughs) And she wants a bunch of dogs. She wants dogs and she wants to live by the river in a condo like her Auntie Mandy has. And like a husband is not part of that plan. Like her and her cousin have big plans. About if ever. <laughs> right. About all the things they're going to do. And apparently boys just get in the way. And I think they're so much smarter than we were at that age. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it is fascinating because we recently had a conversation with two um, entrepreneurs. They they have a partnership in their in here in town and they are just leaving their 20s and stepping into their 30s. Mm. And listening to these women talk about what their focus was in their 20s was refreshing mm-hmm. because it was completely different. It was like exact opposite it of was what you and I were doing opposite. in our 20s. Like they took the time to find themselves and 
learn how to be authentic. They took the time to start their business before they were really focused on, do I want to start a family? Do I want to get married? Any of that. They had a whole decade to do that. Mm -hmm. And now they're getting into that season of life where you know, they're getting married, they're thinking about having kids in the next few years. And that is a totally different um, mindset. Mm -hmm. And I what I see in them now, granted, we did not have a conversation about women and their worth, Mm -hmm. but they hold themselves differently. Absolutely. They seem to they seem older than we were at our 20s, like more mature. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't necessarily say this for sure, but I just have this feeling that if you met 20 year old, 28 year old Mandy and Rachel, they would not be as um, established, mature and wise as as these gals were that we were Mm -hmm. visiting with. And I admire that in these gals. I think it's amazing. And I think it gives hope that women are starting to overcome the conditioning that makes them constantly struggle with their Mm self-worth. They are, they are, um, at least the younger generations coming up are starting to overcome that. Mm -hmm. I hear conversations that your, your oldest daughter has Mm -hmm. with, with her and her friends. And it is on a whole other level than conversations we were having at that age because they've been brought up to process things, to consider things, Mm -hmm. to stop and think. And that was not a lot of the the things that we did back then. I don't remember conversations like that. Like, I do not remember sitting and talking a lot about like, how exactly we were going to launch these big careers that right. we wanted. No, um, it was just going to happen because we prayed right. about it. I do not remember <laughs> a lot of conversations about college. I don't remember a lot of conversations. And about, there might have been, and we just don't been. remember. But um, but I, I really remember a lot of conversations about boys. <laughs> Tons of conversations about boys. And I mean, we are, I love my husband. I love men. I just want women to have choices yes. and realize that they have them. And I Absolutely. think um, I think that's the mindset that we really want to like narrow in on mm-hmm. is that idea, because I think your worth, you build that self-worth when you know you can make choices. Yes. When you know that your choices are respected, when you know that you can stumble and fall and make the wrong choice and it's going to be OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can take time to figure out who you are and what you want. and um. Listening to my kids gives me a lot of hope. Yes. In the next generation. I mean, right now I'm in the throes of teen parenting and sometimes I have no hope um, for them. But honestly, most of the time, mm-hmm. um, I'm very hopeful for future generations, both men, both boys and girls, as I hear yes. them talking about it, just whatever gender they are, they just seem more open about mm-hmm. the possibilities of this big wide world that they live in and that they can do in anything that they want. And, and, and they seem things. to be considering it at a level of self-worth mm-hmm. that like it's not in their heads that they couldn't. Right. Which is yep. so amazing to me to think about. Hey, quick coffee break from the podcast so that we can ask you some important questions. Number one, do you feel like you're constantly comparing yourself to other women? Meaning you are trying to show up authentically, but you're frustrated because other women seem to have it more together than you and you just can't stop comparing yourself to them. Second question, are you afraid that people will reject you or fire you if you showed up authentically? 
because secretly you feel like an imposter? If these resonate with you in any way, we want you to run to the show notes and grab your ticket to the Authenticity Mini Retreat happening in Bismarck, North Dakota on May 6th and 7th. Or for our online community, get on the wait list for the She Leads Authentically online course. And as a waitlist champion, you're going to get a discount of $150 off when it launches. This is our Rayma Team foundational method for stepping into the shoes of your most authentic self. So if you want to show up authentically and confidently, finally stop doubting yourself and stand firm in smart decisions and proudly own your mistakes and your successes then check out the show notes, grab your ticket for the Authenticity Mini Retreat in Bismarck, North Dakota, or get on the wait list for the She Leads Authentically online version. All right, coffee break is over. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so... Number three, let's bring number it Number three is the one that might... That is probably going to ruffle feathers the most. Yes, and I technically touch base on a it little a bit. little bit. So another reason why a woman will struggle with self-worth is because she was brought up in the purity culture of the late 90s and early 2000s that ultimately gave her this messaging that she has to be submissive to her husband. And it made her feel like everything was her fault because the boys were never held accountable for their own toxic actions or thoughts. Oh, this is such a big one. And I told Mandy, I said, but you know, this could be the one that we could kind of derail and end up with yes. like a three hour long podcast um, because it's definitely something it that is. we have both now I will say been a part of there there were probably good things that came out of that era, but I think as we look back because both Rachel and I grew up in that mm-hmm. as we look back, I think there were probably more things that damaged self worth and um kind of pushed women down more than we realized when we were in it. I think the original intention might have been good. Mandy's always way more optimistic about this. I know stuff. my I'm experience like, is there different, was though. nothing good about right. it. It was all crap. I think the intentions behind <laughs> it were were like you said, mm-hmm. they were good, but it has definitely not turned out good for the women. No, and I think when you think about self-worth and in a relationship, I think a lot of us had this idea that the relationship was going to make you a whole person, mm-hmm. not the idea yes. that you were a whole person before you went in and you didn't need the other person to like, you know, to 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 fill you up. Mm-hmm. And I think it taught a lot of dangerous things about respect and what a healthy yes. relationship looked like and what healthy sex looked like. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be real like that. Um, it, it, there were so many layers for so many women. I know there's probably men who definitely were affected by this as well, but mm-hmm. it's definitely us girls that went through those years growing mm-hmm. up as teens, um, that I, I think have the most scars from yes. that and the most layers that we've had to dig through to find our self-worth under all this rubble of crap yes. that we were told about who we were. And how dangerous our bodies were. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that you put in here, too, even that idea that the boys were never held accountable. Like, it was always on us to make sure that we never caused anybody Mm -hmm. to sin or stumble. And 
when your body and it's still in in so, in many yes. sections, yes. especially of the faith community, it still is that. Oh my way. gosh, it's still like that, and not even just in the Christianity community. It's no, in other faiths. It's as in well. other faiths. Too. Um, but this idea that your body something is wrong with your body and it makes other people do bad things. It, Hello, it self worth. I mean, right. the the idea that we would struggle. Any woman who's gone through this, any person really who's gone through this would mm-hmm. struggle um, with this idea that this conditioning or this feeding of the lie that I'm not worthy. Um, for us, it even went deeper than that, because not only were you waiting for a husband, um, being sexually pure mm-hmm. was huge. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't, you failed. Like you failed purity culture 101 if you right. were not, um, if you had sex before marriage. Or the other idea of staying with a spouse who's abusive because it's the godly thing to do. Mm-hmm. Those are so damaging. Mm-hmm. And I know so many so many of our clients, we're not even just no. like, just not Mandy We're not talking my... about the people on the Twitter. No. We are, we oh, are, and there's plenty of there's them plenty on the Twitter. If you guys want to know what purity culture did to people, go on Twitter. Yes. Um, And start searching there if you're curious. Well, like, what? What was this? The dude who wrote the book, I yeah. Kissed Dating Goodbye. Let's just Which, go. We have a we have enough time okay. on the recorder. Just barely. Because there was somebody who kind of launched there was. this thing. So the... If you're okay, first of all, if you're listening to this and you're like, what is purity culture? <laughs> Chances are you were in it and you didn't realize it. Right. The if whole you, idea is saving yourself for marriage. Yes. So you do not have If sex. you ever had a promise ring saying you would not have sex before marriage, mm-hmm. you were in purity culture. Yes. If you ever read the book I Kiss Dating Goodbye by Joshua Harris, you were in purity culture, mm-hmm. which story about that. I bought the book. <laughs> I think there were two. I think there was a sequel. There um, was. Okay, um, I bought both. I don't remember what the second one was called. I bought both. Never read any of them because mm-hmm. shortly after I bought them, I was totally into kissing. So I was not. <laughs> you were not going to kiss no, anything. Goodbye. But I was into the whole idea of mm-hmm. the purity culture. And then um, I Which, made. By the way, that book was written by a man who was 17. Right. Right. At the time, like this was a yes. child. This was a child like writing and this book. he has since mm-hmm. um pretty much denounced everything that he wrote about in that yep. book. Um his story is compelling on many many levels and just go look him up. Go go hear his story. If you listen to I think a couple shows back or a few months ago on an episode, we talked about the rise and fall of Mars Hill Mars Church. Hill. Yep. He there. There's an entire episode that is a bonus episode on that podcast that talks about Joshua Harris's story. Mm-hmm. He's and actually interviewed. He's actually yep. interviewed. And here's the thing: like, if you're thinking, like, what was purity culture? Why was it so bad for women? Go listen to mm-hmm. that podcast, "The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill Church." There are at least two or three episodes that highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, the toxic kind of thinking that came from that. Right. The abuses. The abuses. Yep. Um, but basically, just go listen to that podcast in the first place because <laughs> it is a crash test course on toxic leadership, what not to do. Right. Like, you Absolutely. just need to. So I think that is something to keep in mind because, um, like you were saying, like, we are not just sit, just watching people on Twitter talk about this and and you know, identifying with similar experiences, mm-hmm. we have ha- there are so many women mm-hmm. that we have actually worked with in 
either a group environment at an event or one on one who have been um victimized because of this right it's like generation there's some generational things Completely. that have happened um courtship was the other word i was trying to think yes. of when you were bringing things up if you know what courtship is or you had that i think even in certain families whether you were part of um a religious group or not um there is this idea just mm-hmm. that your body is equal to your worth and what you do with your body or don't do with your body um is synonymous with whether or not you are worthy or not worthy right. as a woman and so that will that will definitely be one of the things that messes with a woman's mind besides the other two right um if, of- if you have been somebody who's gone through this mm-hmm. so there there you have it like <laughs> There's not even a good way to even end that one, is there? No, and the answers to the question of why do women struggle with embracing their worth are not quick. They are not pretty. Um, There are definitely more reasons than what we shared here, but I think these are ones that most women don't consider. There's nuances. There's all kinds of exceptions. Yes, but... Um, and here's the thing. This kind of societal conditioning does not get erased with one podcast episode or listening to it on repeat, even though that can definitely help you get started. Um, It takes years and years and years of intentionally breaking your beliefs around your own lack of self-worth so that you can start embracing your worth and discover your most authentic self. And we highly recommend that you take some time to assess your own thoughts on this issue, especially if you struggle with embracing your own worth too. So consider which of these points that we shared do you identify with and what has been your experience around the conditioning that we've mentioned. And again, if this is resonating with you and you are ready to dive deep into fully embodying your authentic self every day, then run to the show notes and get those links for your tickets to our upcoming Authenticity Mini Retreat or get on the wait list for the online version called She Leads Authentically. You're also going to find some additional links in the show notes for our Take 5 journal guide. Um, It's a $19 resource as well as a link to our signature course, which we mentioned in the beginning, The Art of the Pause. So you can start embracing your own worth on your own today. All right. That's it for now. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey, Overcomers. We talked about this during the episode. Registration is now open for the Authenticity Mini Retreat. This training is for the woman who wants to step into the shoes of her most authentic self. This is the Rayma Team foundational method that we teach our clients who feel like you want to stop comparing yourself to other women or you're trying to find meaning in the things you've overcome so you can inspire others. And you deeply desire to live authentically and help others to do the same. But you're afraid that people are going to reject you or fire you. We're going to teach you how to do all of this and more in the Authenticity Mini Retreat. The registration link is in the show notes. So run and grab your spot today. And hey, if you're not able to attend live, but you're desperate to learn how to show up authentically then we've got a special offer just for our online community. Get on the waitlist for the She Leads Authentically online course. When you join the waitlist, 
You'll get access to a special discount code of $150 off when registration opens. Run to the show notes to find the link and become a waitlist champion today. If you've got questions about whether or not this experience is for you, send us a DM on Instagram. We'll see you on the next episode. 